This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. I have the privilege of doing a couple of things. I'm opening up our, our series of this first part of the new year that we're calling Known. And really the concept behind this is, is that God wants to know us and God wants us to be known by other people. Now that may sound strange that, that God wants to know us. You think, well, he does know us. He knows the very number of hairs on our head, right? The Bible talks about. But there's a level of permission that he wants access uh, to from our mouths, from the volition of our heart, to come into those spaces that maybe we wouldn't normally let him in. And he's a gentleman, right? So he doesn't come in uninvited. So God wants, wants to really know you. And a lot of the times that we don't really go into these places is because we've been tricked to think, well, if the Lord really knew me in this way, or if someone else really knew me, would they still feel the same way about me? And as you understand the gospel, and we're going to talk a little bit about the gospel today, that is absolutely the case. He, he loves you. Um, right where he finds you and he knew exactly what he was getting into when he created you and when he was pursuing your heart. So let's go there in the new year to be known by God. This is really an identity thing, right? Where God's wanting to get on the inside and really um, open us up to understand who we actually really are in him as sons and daughters in the Lord. So that's where we're going to go today. And then I'm going to, I'm going to uh, really today, it's not going to be so much a message. It's going to be more of a cultural communication to you as it relates to just kind of a recentering as we, we start off a new year. How many of you know that New Year's are times when all of us feel like, hey, I want this or that to change in my life. I want to give some focused attention to fill in the blank. And it's, it's really a key time in the year where we all feel those ways and God wants us to act on those kind of things. So today we're just going to kind of have a, a centering word and then I'm going to share a couple of thoughts with you as it relates to some vision stuff as we kind of move our way through this calendar ministry year, which will end in August, and then we're going to be launching off again in September of 2023. So um, over the holidays, uh, we took Wendy's uh, new car that we got after her accident um, and, and went to the Carolinas in this new car. So the majority of the highway travel, uh, Darren was designated driver. Can I get an amen? So... And then, and then when I was reaching my breaking point, she took over for, so I could lay my head down a little bit, and then I was back in the saddle again. Come on, somebody. But what was interesting about driving this new vehicle is it had way more technological equipment than the one that I'm used to in, in my Toyota. Toyotas are pretty scaled-down cars, right? There's not a lot of bells and whistles. And so Wendy's Subaru had all of these new gadgets and techniques and stuff in them, and it was both awesome and horrific all at the same time. Because the car kept communicating to me two things. Keep your eyes on the road and keep your hands on the steering wheel. And Wendy was so happy. Because I'm a professional ADD driver. Come on, somebody. Where I, you know, just love to look around. And this thing had this eye scanner built into the, the, the panel to look at my eyes and see if they were on the road. I even tried putting my sunglasses on thinking, 
Oh, Subaru, I've got you here. I'm going to put my sunglasses on and you're going to have no, in fact, I I was just, I didn't even move my head. I was just kind of moving my eyes like this behind my sunglasses and still keep, beep, 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 keep your eyes on the road. I was like, we got to return this demonic car. This is like artificial intelligence gone bad. All these conspiracy theories started coming to my heart. I'm being watched and monitored by God knows who, right? But it was, it, was a re, it was a re-centering moment for me in terms of driving in the midst of this. The Lord was like, listen, there's a lot of beautiful things out there to look at, but I want you to keep your eyes on the road and your hands on the wheel that I've given you to, to, to get you to the direction. And one of the things that Subaru is known for, it's, it's not super luxurious, it's, it's not super fast, but it will get you to where you're going safely. And this is what God wants to do in us. And he wants us to just kind of have one of those moments. It may feel a little annoying as that, that loving voice of God is like, hey, look at what you're supposed to look at, right? Because even if you go back into the book of Genesis, there were two trees there. And, there's, and there's, there's opportunity for us to really give focus and attention to either of these trees, the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Lots of things in that second tree to be intrigued by. But how many of you know, if we give our attention and focus to the tree of life, we'll have insight by his spirit, even into the things that he wants us to understand about what's going on in the world. And it will be in proper order because our foundation and focus is Jesus. Come on, somebody. So what I want to do is I just want to give us just a cultural reminder this morning. I want to just read out of Isaiah 2.2. Just have a couple of thoughts for you this morning, then we're going to wrap up. Um, with, with some things I just want to put in your heart to ponder and think about. But in Isaiah 2.2, 2, this is a centering word. It's an important word for us to understand. I love the prophets of old. These guys were mysterious men and women um, that would declare things that, that God had in his heart that were actually going to come to pass. And here's what Isaiah 2.2 2 says. It says, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house. Everybody say house. Because that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about his house this morning. Because that's the focus of Holy Spirit, I believe, as we move into 2023. The mountain of the Lord's house shall be established, where? On the top of all the mountains. So it means that God's going to do something in his body that maybe has never been done before. And we're going to be exalted to a place of esteem and honor and worth. To a degree that maybe we've never known before or didn't even think was possible. And it shall be exalted among the hills and all the nations. The the word there actually means ethnocentric people groups. Different people groups throughout the globe are going to flow into it. Now, I just looked up two words. um, And we got to really, I think it's very important for us to understand this. I looked up two words, organization and organism. A lot of times we think that the church is some organization, and it's not. It has a facet of that to it, but it is far from an organization. An organization is simply an administrative and functional structure. And that apart from the dynamic of God's work of Holy Spirit is, is really just, just another, another entity that has some purpose, but not really flowing with life that comes from an otherworldly type of reality. But an organism 
which is really what the church is, is a complex structure of interdependent and subordinate elements whose relations and properties are largely determined by their function in the whole. Here's the thing where that's different than an organization. An organism means that this is important for you to come into your place because you're a part of the church. It's important for us here at Harbor to collectively come into everything that God has for the church. It's, a, it's, it's important for us in South Florida to do what God's called us to do collectively as many churches, many believers for our state, for our nation, for ultimately the nation of the earth. It's important that we function in what God has for us to function in. Is this making sense? So Isaiah 2.3, he talks about many people shall come and say, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. And he says this interesting phrase, the house of Jacob. Now, why is this a centering word? We'll see Abraham was the father of Isaac and Isaac was the father of Jacob. You guys know the story, right? And so Abraham was the one who heard God say something to him and he followed after the Lord. And he did it up until the day he died. He really was obedient to what God had called him to do, right? But then Jacob came along, or I'm sorry, Isaac came along. And who knows, maybe it was the trauma of Abraham putting him on the altar. And, you know, he had some issues in his heart towards his father for doing that to him. You know, but he, he, he carried out a mission, but it kind of it got a little bit off track. And then by the time, time Jacob came to be, right, he was this wandering usurper and all these kind of things. But yet God found him where he was at. And did a miracle in his heart. So much so that the, the, the whole uh, trajectory of Israel got set back on course again. In fact, when you look in the word and you see the description of who God is, it says over and over again, he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God's redemption over a three-generation period of time. In other words, it doesn't just start with one generation and fizzle out to the next or get worse with the third generation. It's actually called to get better. Come on, somebody. And we've got to start thinking about generations down the road in our lifetime. If Jesus would tarry, it's important for us to understand that God is the God of multi-generations of renewal and revival in the inside of people's hearts. See, people have a longing for four things, and I wrote these down. They're a vision, it's a vision to accomplish. Everybody is longing. They're looking for somewhere, some organization to, to, to fit into, to where they can be a part of a vision that they can help accomplish. What if they found their place in an organism called the body of Christ? A culture to embrace, a place to grow, a people to enjoy. This is, this is what every heart and human humanity desires. In essence, they're looking for home. They're looking for family. They're looking for relationship. They're looking for community. Now Habakkuk is another favorite prophet of mine. And in 2.14 of Habakkuk, he says this. For the earth... Well, let's let faith build in our hearts today. Shall, not maybe or hopefully, shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters 
cover the sea. That's a pretty big scope of that knowledge, right? And he is making this declaration after Habakkuk. And this word glory here in Hebrew is the word kabod. And it's, it's, it's a word that literally means weight. And it's really the weight of his house, the house of Jacob. What does the environment of that home look like? Habakkuk is trying to tell us, well, listen, as I give you insight into this, there's a weight to it. There's something different about that environment that actually is going to set the tone for something significant to happen in the world. Well, how many of you know that it actually happened? Let's fast forward to New Testament. I just got a few minutes here. John chapter 1, verse 14. Look at what it says. So the word talking about Jesus became human. And what did he do? He made his home among us. Do we have an understanding of the significance of this? Where God himself left his heavenly domain and came in the form of a human and made his abode, made his home right here among us. Now look what the apostle John says here. He says he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. This is our portion. This is what he came to give. Unfailing love and faithfulness to you and me. And then he says, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. In fact, Revelation 2.13 is seeing this transpire. It's the revelation of Jesus, by the way. It says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He's, he's there all up in the midst of them. And he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them. And how many of you know that that went beyond Jesus' initial coming, his first advent? In fact, when he was ascending to the throne, he told his followers, listen, I've got to go away. They're all despondent. They're all sad. He could see the looks on their faces. But he said, listen, it's better that I go away because I'm going to send something to you. And as he's going to be called Holy Spirit, it's going to be my presence now dwelling on the inside of each of you. Each of you who make up this organism called the body of Christ, he's going to be dwelling and empowering you to bring significance to that space. Is this making sense? It's not just some person on a stage, our beautiful worship leaders, which today was amazing, by the way, amazing. I mean, I saw them in here practicing. Those were none of the songs they were practicing, okay? <laughs> That's the reason there was no words on the screen. Can I get an amen? But, but what, what's, what's incredible is that it's every single person who has found their way home that has a place to do something great for God. The word here for glory is the word doxa. So we know that initially it was the word kabod, which means weight or the environment of a home. But God gets a little bit more specific here in the New Testament for us so we can make sense of all this and so we can understand what is, what is this highway that we're supposed to keep, keep our, our, our eyes on and our, our hands on the steering wheel, what's it going to actually look like? It's important to get really practical here, not just keep everything ethereal. And it's the great Greek word doxa, which means 
value. So home is all about the value statement of how God views humanity through his son, Jesus. And it's the reason that we really long, should be longing to be known, because it's his very intention and his heart for us to be fully known by him and fully known by other people. Because there's value over our lives. And God doesn't waste his efforts on anything or anyone. When he created you, he had specific purpose and intent for greatness to flow through your very being. And there's, there's, there's got to be an understanding of value. And when you understand your value, you're going to begin to understand your identity. This is really important. It's value. It's the quality or state of being worthy, honored, or esteemed. Come on, we've heard the, the terms like dishonor, disgraced, disgraced. Right? That's how the, if you want to get a hold of some of that, just watch the nightly news. Come on, somebody. Just read the tabloids. It's always bad news about somebody getting into some mess and how they've been disgraced and dishonored and disavowed and all these kind of things when the Lord is working in an opposite spirit over the earth. And he's working through the church to see that come to pass. So Jesus modeled what this looks like for us in John chapter 17. I've read this a million times to you before, but I want you to see it again with fresh lenses. He modeled what this looked like, what home looked like, how we get positioned in a weighty environment that changes our identity. He says to the Father, the same glory, there's the word again, doxa, worth, honor, and esteem, that you gave me, that you, Father, gave me, I have given to them, all of humanity. Not just the disciples living on the earth at the time, but all those that would believe in his name. He said, that same worth, that same honor, that same esteem that you gave to me, I have now given to them that they may be one as we are one. This is a prayer point we need to begin to really like declare and begin to ask the Father for. God, make the church one. In the Lord and coming together in that place there is power and unity and this starts in oneness in our marriages oneness with our close relationships and family members oneness in our heart with the Lord right it, it all begins in these places but make us one as the Father Son Holy Spirit are one why is that so important I remember one of our mentors years ago 20 years ago he said that God dwells in an order of righteousness. He said everything was just right in that in those relationships. And because of that, they're eternal and there's no death. There's just life flowing. The reason we see death so often in our lives and in our relationships is because we're not unified in the same spirit as God is, and yet we're destined to be so. This is where I want to show you this, this slide from True North where we're really just trying to dial into the simple things of knowing God, loving people, and impacting our world. So if you're like, Darren, tell me what, what you guys are up to as it relates to making me into a disciple. Well, here it is. We want you to know God, we want you to love people, and we want you to be empowered to impact your world. Now look at the, the, the verse 23 in John chapter 17. It's, it's all right here in the word of the Lord. 
Jesus says, you in me, Father. Well, there's the knowing God component, right? The Father couldn't have been in Jesus unless Jesus knew the Father. Are you following me? And then he says, I in them. So the, the, the experience or attachment between Jesus and the Father automatically resulted in him wanting to be engaged in other people's lives and him inserting his life into our lives. That the world may know there's the impacting our world peace. So it's all right there. This simplicity, listen, there is, listen, no church has some unique corner on the gospel and where this whole thing is going. It's so plain and so simple in the word that God wants us, us to know him. He wants us to be known by him. He wants us out of that to love other people and then move outside of four walls of buildings and groups and go and impact our world through the spheres of influence. This is what I want to show you the next true North slide. And it's the same, same spaces um, where we worship and we engage and we serve. It's just that simple. So when we come in here today, the reason we were so filled with life is because we were worshiping. You're hearing a message on what it really means to be a worshiper, someone who knows God and is, and is rooted in their identity and then starts to walk in the essence and integrity of Jesus. And how we simply kind of bear this out, and it's not just cut and dry this way, but we have gatherings, we have groups, this is the next slide, and we have outreach. This is what's going to see transformed people beginning to transform culture. Now, as I wrap this up, I was looking at, I, I found this, I didn't find this in the Bible or any, any other, any religious source, but I, I was looking up, what are the five levels of change in terms of a secular purview. Like what really is going to bring change to the world? And they were this environment, number one. So in other words, if you can just get somebody out of the environment that they're in to somewhere else, there's hope that they will be changed. We've tried that and it doesn't work a hundred percent, right? You can move someone into a different environment and unless there's a change of a heart, they're going to remain the same. They're going to find the same kind of people in that new environment, right? Are you tracking with me? There's behavior. If we can just change your behavior, tell you all the do's and don'ts of what you shouldn't do and all the things that you should be doing. And we've tried that. Religion has tried that for centuries and it's never changed people's lives. What about trying to help someone in their, in their capabilities develop kind of who they are as a person? It's all valid. All of these things are valid. Sometimes you need a change of environment right? Sometimes you, you need a change and you desire a change in behavior. And sometimes you want to develop yourself. But how many of you know developing yourself isn't ultimately going to change you? The last two, which is what I believe the church is called to do, has to do with two things. Beliefs, because what we believe actually determines who we become. And that's why we need to be rooted in the word of God. We need, to be, we need to have hands on the steering wheel, eyes on this beautiful highway called the gospel where every hill is going to be made low, every valley is going to be exalted, every crooked place is going to be made straight, and it's going to lead us up to this house of the Lord that's exalted among all of the other hills, the house of Jacob. In other words, it doesn't matter where you find yourself. You could be in an Abraham moment. God, I'm with you. I'm following you. You could be an Isaac moment. Wow, Lord, that was 
a little disillusioning being placed on the firewood and my dad having a knife above my head. You know, maybe you're in a Jacob place where you really don't care anymore and you're just off doing whatever you feel like you're supposed to be doing. Nonetheless, God is going to have his way. He is going to have his way. And there's going to be a people that will call him the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as Thousands upon thousands of prodigals come home as some find their way to an Abraham moment and and follow after the Lord with all of their heart. Beliefs establish us ultimately in our identity. As I close with this, I've been really just pressing into the Lord on this one and it's one thing I'm going to lean into this entire year, but I believe fatherlessness produces a skewed belief system. I'm talking in the earth, spiritually and naturally. Fatherlessness produces a skewed belief system that leads to a false identity that has been the root causation for spiritual lostness, systemic brokenness, and social pain in our world. So you know what God's doing? He's raising up Sons and daughters who are becoming fathers and mothers that are changing the trajectory of society and of culture. I believe that the mission and vision of Harbor will only go as far as we are able to raise up sons and daughters who become fathers and mothers and have the capacity to pour into the lives of others to build healthy family, functionally healthy relationships. I want to take just one minute. I could say this over so many people, but if it's okay, just for a minute, I want to say a couple of things over our team, our staff, who are sacrificing in incredible ways, both in financially and financially and in time that they're giving, um, to just honor them this morning. And I want to start with you, Wendy. You are one of the most godly women I've ever known in my entire And you are the real deal who was a daughter who God has raised up in a significant way. And this is your greatest moment to be a mother in the house of the Lord. Come on. Julie Stevens, you have been a faithful friend to not only me and Wendy and to our team in this house, almost 20 years now, but you have been a faithful friend to the Lord. And this is a significant moment for you to step into the precision of what God's called you to do, which if, you can, if you've been around here any length of time, she's really focusing in on women. Because God is, 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 is a, a redemptive God that is raising women up and putting them in the appropriate place that they've always been destined to walk in. And so get ready, guys, because... As we allow Julie that space to give herself to what God's wanting to do in women around the world, not only here, not only in our nation, but around the world, we're going to see the glory of the Lord. So thank you for your contribution to being a mother in the house of Jesus. Come on. Megan Burke. You know, Megan's been here since you were 18 years old. And it's hard, you know, when you, when you know someone they're younger, it's, it's wild when they, when they kind of, they, they, they shift and they transition in life 
through being a child to actually becoming a woman and becoming ultimately even a seasoned mother. And you're very much in that space. The grace of God is on you in so many ways. Everything that flows out of your mouth through song and through prayer is just filled with life. And we want to thank you for what you've done here in this community. We honor your life today. Just a few more. Daniel Boherick. I see you in the back. He came here as a child, really as a kid. I think in teenage years, middle school, I can't remember the exact time frame. By the time he was 18 years old, he found his way on the staff. He was working with Alan and Eva for years. You want to talk about faithfulness? Man, this guy has carried it for over a decade on this team plus. Um, He is one of the most creative geniuses I know in terms of how to do video and art and all of the fancy, beautiful stuff that you see. And Daniel, you are not just a son, but I see you stepping into a new space to become a father in this season. And what you carry on the inside, and we're trying to focus him Like right now, he would normally be back running live stream. We're like, we're not going to do that anymore. We need you in other spaces. And so as God can provide through this house, we're going to release him into some creative projects um, to really help us move things forward here as a community. So Daniel Boherick, we honor you today. We thank God for your life. Wilson and Alice Chuchu. Here's a couple that both work bivocationally. They get a really, when I say really small supplement, I'm talking like really small supplement. To stand with our team as pastoral presence here in this community, to to come into spaces when people are in deep need and help us to navigate those moments and, and beyond. I mean, Wilson's a great communicator. You're a great singer, Alice. Thank you so much for your time on the on the on the choir this this Christmas. But Just want to say that we appreciate you guys. We're so thankful that the Lord brought you here from Atlanta, placed you here sovereignly, and we just want to honor your life today. Thank you so much for all that you do. True fathers and mothers right there. Jonna and Nathan. So Jonna and Nathan, um, Nathan was the young skinny guy who I envy on the stage. Come on. I'm like, Lord, please give me Nathan's metabolism in 2023. He could eat an elephant and still lose weight. It's just, it's just just amazing. It's supernatural, really. But what you guys don't know about Jonna and Nathan, Nathan's on, on our team. She brings so much wisdom. She may be a quiet little person who you may not even notice around here, but she brings so much wisdom and value to what we do here as a community. You have been a joy to have on our team, John, for real. Like we're way better than, than we would be without you. And when we got Jonna, we got Nathan. Can I get an amen? But what you don't realize is that they're leading a significant ministry that's happening in West Palm Beach. That meets on Tuesday nights, and man, I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to have, have some, some priviness to that space and been able to be up there with them many times, and, and I watch their, 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 all their stuff online and social media stuff, but really making a, a significant impact in the lives of young people in, in West Palm Beach, and so we honor both of you guys and are thankful for your life. As the staff, com- or the, the, the worship team comes back up, just so I wrap this up, 
Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Juan and Savannah who are not here today. Um, but I do want to honor them because they have been significant additions to our team. Um, Savannah's our daughter. We actually never thought in a million years that our daughter would be here on this staff with us. It was never in our plans. They had a great life in Nashville. And when they felt the Lord calling them to come down here, there was no opening for them to be on the team. And they didn't really care about that. They just felt like they were to be in South Florida. And um, I could go on and on just about the significance of what they've brought here to this community. Juan through the, the, the children's ministry, family ministry, Savannah through some management stuff that she's been helping us with. She's really gifted. It's really cool when you get to know a side of your child that you never knew or saw before. And you just stand in amaze. Wow, Lord, the grace of God. And I want you to be praying for them because they're walking through a very difficult situation right, right now <laughs> with... Uh, with Juan's mom, who's way too young, in my opinion, to go to heaven, but is battling a really serious moment with cancer right now. And they had to actually, at Christmas, had to, had to drive uh, expediently to get there. And they're with them right now. I'm serving. I, you know, I, was like, I was so mad at the enemy. Like, how could you try to disgrace this beautiful woman with such a horrific disease? And there is just a, there should be something rising in our hearts that say, hey, these things are not okay. And we need to believe until the end and stand for God's transformative power to come and wipe out and eradicate disease. Even this morning, we were praying just for God. Even if you're in the room today and you've got something going on in your body, Lord, heal them. We don't have control of that. That's not something we can contrive. We can't just raise our voices and think all of a sudden someone's going to get up out of their, their, their bed of sickness. We need Jesus to show up. And he's done it over the 20 years that we've been here. We've seen things that we can't even explain happen to people. So as I conclude today, what's our mission? Our mission is to equip you. In fact, we, we say it like this, equipping the generations. I love that. Young, middle-aged, senior saints, all generations. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. To be whole in spirit. That's the gospel. Soul. That's identity. And body. That's the life of heaven flowing through us. Even as we prosper and are in health, God will prosper our very frames. And we're doing this. We're empowering you to minister within your spheres of influence by knowing God, loving people, and impacting our world. Last thing I'm going to say. I want you to be looking for some things as we finish up this spring semester and go into our summer break but we're going to be experimenting a little bit as Holy Spirit starting to speak to us about some things for next fall and beyond um, but one is a transformation weekend that we're looking to do probably sometime in March which is going to give some space on a Friday a Saturday and then we'll roll it over into Sunday morning for you to maybe learn some things and experience some things and have some time in God's presence that you wouldn't normally have on a Sunday morning like today. We want to give space and room for that to happen. And secondly, 
we're feeling some things, Wendy and I, especially about marriage prep for all of our engaged couples out there and marriage enrichment for those of you that are already married so that we can see life begin to flow in those who are making a home and those who already have one established. But maybe we just need some some inspiration and encouragement, right? Because marriage is a challenge. It's, 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 it's a challenge at times, but we want to make some space for that. And then the last thing that I want to say is I want you to begin right now to begin to pray with us for what God may have for us in, in, in the facility space as we navigate through this year. What's wild is underneath the seats that you're sitting on all across this room are prayers written on, written on the concrete below you. The promises of God that he's had for this community since we moved in here over 15 years ago. I don't want to belabor or go into the story of what transpired a couple years back, but it hasn't been an easy one, but the Lord has great things in store for us in the future. And there's a lot more that's going to be coming to you about this, but God wants us to give us not only a spiritual home, but he wants to give us a natural home so we'll be able to conduct the things that he's called us to conduct for his glory here in South Florida. So would you stand with us in belief and faith, generosity, to see us move forward into what the Lord has for us by the end of 2023. Could you stand with me as we close today? We're going to dismiss the parents, if you wouldn't mind, to go get your children and give a big hug to those kids' workers back there. They're like the Sunday morning heroes. We're going to make a little space for worship, and you can stay in as long as you want, but could we just close in prayer just by lifting up our hands in thankfulness to God and giving Him glory and honor for sustaining us in 2022 and giving wind to our backs as we move into 2023. Lord, we say we love you with all of our hearts because we realize and recognize you loved us first. Would you, Holy Spirit, empower every single saint listening to the sound of my voice, God, and may you move us in to a new space of knowing you more and you knowing us more. May you do something so profound in our hearts, no matter what's happened in relationships and with different people and betrayal, where we come back to a place of innocence again and we love people so fiercely that it begins to change the world around us. That God, you begin to give us secrets and dreams and visions on what you've called us to do in the specific spaces that you've placed us. And then to begin to break off bad belief systems that we're really not that valuable and what we do doesn't really matter. Lord, we ask for an awakening to come, not only to this community, but to the body of Christ in America at large. We don't want consumer Christianity anymore. Lord, we want your kingdom. God, we want your power. We want your glory to be poured out over all of our nation. And would you do it in our generation? And we say, Lord, as you do, we will not take credit for it. We will point our fingers back up to you, God, and say, for the Lord has done great things. His house has been exalted among all of the other mountains. And people are saying, let us go up to that place and begin to worship there. Come on. Can we give the Lord just a huge hand clap of praise? He is so, so, so good. 
Amen. God bless you guys. We'll be back here next Sunday. We will see you then. Have an amazing rest of your weekend. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.